Welcome to Welcome to the Hollowell Manor. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we are here to discuss Season 5, Episode 4 of Charmed. Siren's Song. Okay, I know this is going to sound weird given that we started with the two-part Phoebe's a Mermaid episode, but I think this is the first real dud of the season. I mean, yeah, so you have to understand that the continuum, right, it's like, oh, it's good, oh, it's bad, oh, it's so bad, it's good, right? This isn't this isn't rocket science. Like, yeah. if you're listening to this podcast, you understand so bad, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. this one, this one, unfortunately, doesn't go all the way into so bad, it's good. Like, again, I'm looking forward to the later stuff, which we're starting to get into because of stuff like the, a student at magic school summons the historical Lady Godiva and therefore destroys feminism. I mean, I was going to say, don't worry, next week they're superheroes. Yes. I think it's interesting that they started with Mermaid's Tale, and then they go to Siren's Song, and Sirens are, you know, a water-type creature, Hmm. but they do not address that at all. In fact, this Siren's backstory is really a Harpy's backstory. It is not a Siren's backstory. This is a woman who was spurned by love, and then died by fire... Like, she's a fire creature, not a water creature. Which, bizarre. Right. And then, so then she kills men and women with fire. She, like, seduces husbands and then burns them and their wives alive. And... I want to point out, this is also really similar to the backstory of the Wendigo from way back in the Wendigo. uh... Oh, yeah, it was. It was. I, I just think it's weird that... This isn't what a siren is at all. A siren is a water creature who sits on the rocks and sings a song that lures sailors to their death. Like, it's a very established thing. Also, I know they already did banshees, but you'd think a siren would kill sonically. There is, like, no musical thing. Why why even call it a siren? Why not just make up a word? Why not just have her be, I, I guess they already had the, like, creature Prue had to turn into a man to find who also wasn't that wasn't that also her deal the uh, I want to say succubus except I don't think they use that but you could ju- you could have just gone with succubus Brad Kern does Fire not would have worked for succubus even you see this is this is what happens when you get rid of Constance M. Burge right Brad Kern doesn't understand any way a woman could gain power other than she was spurned by a man Women have no backstory other than spurned by a man. That's why Phoebe's backstory with Cole is so weird, right? Uh, backstory, it's not a backstory, it's the story. But it, it, what what is going on with Phoebe's head right now? Oh my god, Phoebe's scenes with Cole. I, I, and the thing with Phoebe's thing with Cole, I, I know we should actually talk about the episode, like get into it and talk about it, but... No, it's okay, we're setting the stage for what we're going to talk about. What is the deal with Phoebe's thing with Cole? Like... It's really weird that she hates him all of a sudden, and, like, like everyone's treating Cole like, I'm, like, yeah, he became the source of all evil, but not of his own choice, and, like... Well, so there's a bigger conversation here that we should have right now. Okay. Which is gonna come up a lot more, because it, it I just remember it infusing the later seasons. And as somebody who has, uh dealt with a lot of evangelicals as a catholic who's been like preached to by evangelicals uh yeah because catholicism is a secret religion that actually worships the sun god no 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 no, no, no. that's that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about grace and works Mm. okay morality here seems to be completely detached from works magic is evil magic or it's good magic 
unrelated to what you do with it. Mm. So Cole's magic is evil magic. So if he uses that to save a million people, it doesn't matter because it's evil. So it's like adding to the evil in the world. Like the morality is not based on on consequences or actions. It's solely based on some innate nature. He does exactly what Leo was supposed to do, and it's evil, even though it would have been the height of good if Leo had done it. So Cole can do a million good deeds, and it's still evil. So Phoebe's like, oh, no, no, you using this magic is evil. Like, that's not... That doesn't make sense from a from a modern moral standpoint. And it's the same thing, right? In in religion, you have this idea of, like, grace, right? Like, you're only saved if you accept Jesus Christ as your savior. That's the evangelical idea. Mm. No matter how many good deeds you do. That's why the chick tracks always have, like, the very evil guy who has the deathbed conversion and goes to heaven. And then the very good guy who never accepts Jesus and goes to hell. Or accepts Jesus wrong. I've read a lot. I, I used to collect Jack Chick tracks. They, back when I lived in Boston, the people hand them out and start to avoid me because they'd show up. But, uh, but that, that was always a thing. There were people who believed in Jesus but did it wrong. Yes. And I just, why, why would you want a God who worked that way? And why do you want a morality that works this way, which is apparently how it works in Charmed? It's the same thing we're going to get later. We're going to get, oh, witches choose if they're good or evil within the first 24 hours. And then... That was the thing with Paige. Yeah, it was with Paige. Yeah. And we'll see it again with um, when we get Wyatt and... I, I don't know why for a second I didn't want to spoil Wyatt and Chris existing. But yeah, it's like you get locked into good or evil. Except they're worried about... Okay, so Wyatt has his powers in the womb. So did he choose good or evil in the first 24 hours of that activating? Obviously not, since, well, you know what happens. <laughs> and then there's the Wickening, which is supposed to stop you from becoming evil, but it doesn't matter because they're worried about Wyatt becoming evil anyway because of outside influence. Well, the morality, in addition to the morality that I'm talking about being bad, it's also very confused. Yeah. But so... I'd mention Chris more, except I feel like they completely forget about Chris after he's not an adult in the show anymore. Yeah, they kind of do. Like, we've been watching the last season, and they mention, like, Wyatt's the focal point of a lot of characters. Chris barely shows up. Well, I mean, that's just more evidence for my theory that they did not intend for Chris to be Chris hmm. when they introduced him. That that was a decision they made later after the fact. You mean when Holly Marie Combs became pregnant and they had to write it into the uh, show? Yes. I mean, they still didn't have to write that it, that way, but yes, yes. So yes, that is why Phoebe's thing with Cole is so weird. Even though he is doing good, he's trying to do... He's, it's funny, we've, we've talked about how much this show steals from Buffy. Here he's trying to be Angel, right? He's tried to get redemption by doing all of these good deeds. And Phoebe is telling him it doesn't matter. He's doing good deeds with evil magic. Therefore, they're evil. They do not count on, on the good side of his ledger. I want to know what flipped here, though. I mean, obviously, it's probably just inconsistent writing. But... You mean she didn't care how evil he was before when they were boning? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They were affianced. They were affianced when he was a demon. Like, he was using his evil powers to help them fight other demons. She's totally cool with it. He loses his powers, becomes vulnerable to being possessed by the source of all evil, gets possessed by the source of all evil, 
and then when he tries to do the same thing he was doing before suddenly now it's bad like i would understand it if he became the source of all evil because of his evil powers we talked about this back then if we had seen that he was trying to do good but because of like his demonic nature it ended up with him doing things like killing a bunch of mortals because that was the expedient way to save the innocent that would be a good story yeah or, but that's not the story we got or hell even if he had become the source of all evil explicitly to protect phoebe yes if it had been a choice that he made that was rooted in his amorality due to being raised demonically. Although that was also Darth Vader's backstory in the prequels, and it wasn't good then, but... No! <laughs> I mean, I get why... Well, I'm sorry, there's a bit in one of Joe Keenan's books where uh, a, a very amoral character is talking about her tragic backstory mm -hmm. and he mentions how bizarre it is like if darth vader had a monologue about his mother oh, putting yes. him in a space bassinet and then shoving him off into a space orphanage and i'm like right most people aren't nerds also i'm sure this predated no uh, no yeah no that's why it's so weird this book was written in the 80s and he's like moira having a tragic backstory is so weird it's like finding out that darth vader had a tragic backstory and it's like oh joe keenan just you wait just you wait i 10,000 percent do not believe joe keenan has seen a star wars movie after the 80s well that's probably true he's probably way too cool and hot for that he's very hot i or maybe he's just tall i don't know <laughs> Is he hot or just tall? <laughs> that that does... This is completely tangential to Charmed. Shocking. But that does remind me of a bit in one of the Quantum Leap novels. Where, where he has sex with his great-grandmother. No, not that one. A different one. In this one, he goes back into the... He, he leaps into a LARPer. And he's, like, sitting around with a bunch of LARPers. And they're talking about who should be cast as Lestat in a theoretical movie version of uh interview with the vampire and he's like oh man they would be so mad if i told them the truth which doesn't really work because i think sam had started leaping before those movies came out so he wouldn't know himself also he's got like swiss cheese memory but somehow what's stuck in his mind is tom cruise's performance is lestat you know what that makes sense but well, i, I know, just found that funny it's like how john uh in, in farscape how how john had massive parts of his brain removed to try to get rid of the whole Scorpius chip thing or something. I don't remember what the Yeah, that was why. Uh-huh. But he still has all of the pop culture references. Like, he can't remember his sister. Not his not not his main sister, but his other sister who apparently had a, his nephew. Right. No memories of her, but he kept all of his Kermit the Frog knowledge so he could make jokes at Rigel. I mean, to be fair, he didn't get the choice about what he kept and not. I mean, he told the, the diagnostician, like, try to keep this, try to not lose this, or, you know, whatever, I don't care about this, this could go. That was the Nixon presidency. He was like, whatever, lose it. Uh, but... The, the chip was so, like, tentacled around his brain that he he didn't have control over what he kept and what he lost. All right, let's actually get into this episode. We, we've been talking for 11 million years. We should actually start the episode. I think that's a good good idea. So the episode starts with a 
whatever the opposite version of a greatest hits album is of Phoebe and Cole's relationship, Phoebe is having nightmares about, you know, it starts off with all the great moments of their love, including that one time he caught her foot when she tried to kick him in the face. She's having a recapful nightmare of all of the times in actuality that Cole has tried to kill her. Yeah, which, I mean, if that's going to stop you from dating someone. Actually, that's, that's, you know what? I'm taking that back. No, you should not date someone who has repeatedly tried to kill you. No, we defended Cole so much, but the thing is that Phoebe's problem with him isn't, you're a demon who was sent to kill me. Her problem with him is, you have since then killed a bunch of demons and taken on their powers. Yeah, it's weird that her main objection to Cole is that he's too powerful now. I guess I get why he doesn't do it, but like, there's a solution to that. Like, power-stripping potions would still theoretically work, right? Now, that would be an interesting story, right? Cole... Okay, I'm sorry. This episode's going to be so confused. I have to jump to the end right now. Okay. So, Cole, at the end, is seduced by the siren. And because the siren isn't able to kill him because he's a demon, he keeps... Like, the seduction keeps going. It's kind of like the reverse of that episode of Buffy where they're possessed by the ghosts. Yeah, I only have eyes for you. Right. So... Cole is, you know, influenced by the siren and tries to kill Phoebe as the siren directs and is not himself killed by her powers because he's a demon. And Phoebe points out, if you were a human, you would have died. But because you're a demon, you became so much more dangerous than the siren herself was. And I'm like, okay, Phoebe, that's... I feel like you're reaching there to blame that on him. You became the real threat because you were under mind control. Like... Jesus Christ, Phoebe, like, this doesn't happen every 15 goddamn seconds with you and your sisters. Although, if her point is, people around me are susceptible to mind control because of the life I live, and you are very powerful, so I can't be around you because when you're mind controlled, you're very dangerous, that's not a bad point. And it would be interesting if instead of her being like, now you must go, she gave him the choice. Okay, now you have to choose. I will be with you, but you have to strip your power. And then it would kind of call the question, right? Do you love Phoebe enough to give up all of this power you've just taken on? Because before he didn't really make the choice to become human. It happened kind of because of circumstance. His power was stripped. Yeah. So if he actively made that choice for her that could change things and then oh now we're back to once upon a time right with Rumpelstiltskin and Belle but that would be an interesting conflict not whatever this is also he was willing to leave town at the beginning of the season like the reason he did not leave is because Paige came and begged him to stay to save Phoebe okay and then cast a spell on him That infused him with all of the love Phoebe had for him. Okay, it didn't infuse him with it. He was just able to sense how much she loved him. So now he's staying because he knows she loves him. And actually on this, this, I'm, I'm on Phoebe's side. It doesn't matter that she loves him. Like, she's telling him to go. He should go. Is she telling him to go, though? Yeah. Constantly she's telling him to go. She's saying... Like, basically, she's saying no, and he's saying, I know you're saying no, but I know you mean yes. And it's like, no, Cole, you don't get to do that. Even though you do know those are her emotions, the, like, logical decision that she's made separate from her emotions is no. You don't get to be like, but your emotions are different. 
Our emotions oh, often. Oh, want... okay, okay. We have to put that in our back pocket for the Phoebe gets an empathy power plot later. <laughs> okay, okay. We'll put a pin in that. I'm just saying that often our emotions are things that we override with our logic and say, "I know this is how I feel, but this is what I have to do." It also kind of doesn't help that Cole seems like he changes his, not his motivation from episode to episode, but like last episode ended with him being like, "You should date Eric Prince or whatever." and move on and then this episode he's kind of back to wanting like well they had to give it a fairy tale ending it's almost like the end of the buffy episode once more with feeling right when spike is like possessed by the power they're singing the finale and then the power falls away and he's like wait no this is dumb <laughs> right yeah. he was possessed by the fairy tale power and i was like wait no <laughs> happy ending no 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 we're never gonna see john prince Eric, I said Eric, but I think that was wrong. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but he doesn't come back. Yeah. Char... No. <laughs> okay, anyway. So we go from Phoebe having a nightmare about her relationship with Cole to a sexy sex lady sexfully sexing a guy. And sexfully. his wife walks in on them and is like, wait, David, are you cheating on me? And then the person he's cheating with causes him to immolate, like... She kisses him and he bursts into flame from the inside. And then she turns to the wife and is like, okay, now you, blonde lady. Blonde, yeah, blonde. Now it's time for you to die. She's like, I love seducing men, but this is my favorite part. And she power shoves the uh, woman and then she sets the curtains on fire and she's like, they burned me for my sins, so now you're going to burn for yours, her sin being... I don't know. No, no, she says you're going to burn as well, not for her sin. Oh. Okay. Just, just cause. Just cause. Okay. I, I, does she get, like, sustenance from this? Is, is there, I, I mean, so, I guess demons can just do whatever and they don't really need motivation, but. The wives of the, the husbands that she cheated with blamed her instead of the husbands, so now she's mad at the wives of every man she cheats with. <laughs> it's that song from Girls 5 Eva. Yes, exactly. If he cheats on me, I will blame only her. Yeah. yeah. So she knocks the lady out and she throws her, you know, unconscious body next to her husband and the flaming curtains so she will burn to death and question mark, question mark, profit. Yes. So over at the, uh, at the newspaper, Phoebe's talking to Cole on the phone. She wants him to sign the divorce papers and he's like, no, I don't want to. I'm so good now. I got my firm to do a bunch of good stuff. And she's like, yeah, with mind control, which I, I'm on Phoebe's side. That's, you can't do that. Hmm. And then he said, and then he says, I killed so many demons this week. And she's like using your demonic powers, which yes, that that is okay. That That, one's okay. That would would be how that would, it would, I think it would be arguably weirder if he was just hitting them with his car. Then he, they both see on the news this fire. Somehow the news trucks were there, like, immediately, presumably before the fire trucks were even there. Yeah. But they're, they're both watching the news, and they both see this fire on the news, and Cole Demon jumps over there, and so Phoebe gets to see on the news him save the woman, the blonde woman, from the fire. Yeah. Evilly save her, using his evil demon powers. You know what I just realized? I pointed out that she's blonde. She is not evil, and she does not die in this episode. It's true. Good for her. Good for her. I mean, things don't go great for her, but, you know, good for her. Not dying. 
In fact, she's the opposite of evil. We will find out she's a future white lighter. I know, I know. But in the morality I mean, of the show as previously discussed. I, I mean, I, I was just thinking, is that really is that really a good thing for her? Also, oh, for her, no. Also, do all white lighters have to die young? Or do you just become young once you're a white lighter? Do you get to choose, like, what stage of life you look at? You look like... I do not know the answer to that question. I don't think it's addressed. I mean, obviously, like... John DeLancey, when we see him as an elder, is not young. In fact, most of the most, yeah, most, most of the elders are not young, as implied by their name. I think... But most of the white lighters we see, like, I think Natalie was probably the oldest looking, and she was, again, around Leo's age. I believe, for, like, a ghost thing, that when you die, you look the way you imagine yourself looking. Mm. So, you know, I... I I'm going to be totally honest here. I, I look my age. I don't look bad for my age, but I look my age. But in my head, I probably still look like I'm in my 30s. And so if I had a, if I created a ghost, the ghost would probably look like me in my 30s. Not to continually go back to Buffy, but that's a thing uh, in, well, I, 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 in Angel. Right. I was thinking the same thing. When Cordelia's ghost body looks basically exactly the same as her human body. And Skip is like, wow, you must have a really good self, like, yeah, normally people, look because like, he sees her, her physical body and she's like, oh, that's what you actually look like. That's... Yeah, he says that she has a really good sense of self, that she actually looks the way she looks. Yeah. We, okay, we can't get into it because it's completely irrelevant to this episode, but it's a little weird that there's none of the whole immortality panic relationship thing with Piper and Leo, considering the fact that white lighters explicitly don't age. Like, you think that would be an issue in their marriage, but I don't really remember it ever coming up. I think Piper's still worried about dying young, so it's not, hasn't come up yet. Which mm. is a really dark answer, but I think that's where we are. I say she... Oh, you know what? It is relevant, because this is another episode where Piper and Leo are having relationship issues. Like, what? how has the... I know. How has that not come up yet in the list of long things Piper has to yell at Leo about? <laughs> To be fair, Leo is also awful in this episode in ways I feel like he isn't normally, but... Yeah, yeah. Like, Leo's kind of a misogynist in this episode, which is... He absolutely is. And it's because this plot, the the Piper and Leo subplot, is such a stock, like, 50s, 60s sitcom plot that they had to make him a stock 50s, 60s sitcom husband. Where he doesn't understand how hard it is to be a woman. There's a bit that stuck to me, uh, that stuck with me from one of the Charmed books because I I used to read the you know Charmed novelization. Is it fair to call them novelizations if they're just like stories set in the Charmed universe that aren't? They're not novelizations; they're tie-ins. Tie-ins. But there is one that really stuck with me, which was Piper uh, being frustrated with Leo because I don't know if you remember this, but Piper was at one point a chef. And she wants to do creative things for dinner, but she also knows that Leo likes stock 1950s meatloaf and potatoes. And she's like, I want to experiment more in the kitchen, but also, and it's not like Leo's going to complain if I do fancy stuff, but I know what he likes and I like to make him meals that he likes. I mean, I can't blame Leo. Like steak, mashed potatoes, and Brussels sprouts is probably my favorite meal. Yeah, it's really good. It's classic for a reason, people. It is. 
Also, I feel like that book was giving Piper way too much credit. I do not think Piper's ever thought about what Leo wants to that degree. Oh, I thought you meant it was giving her too much credit to think that she still cared about cooking. Yep, also that. Speaking of cooking. Ooh, look at that. There we go. Paige is in the kitchen brewing up potions. Because she's on her super witch kick, as this season is wont to remind us every episode. Well, I mean, she quit her job, and it was a job that required a lot of passion. So, of course, now her passion is somewhere else, and that's becoming, like, the best witch ever. Piper burps up some orbs, and Paige is like, is that normal? And Piper's like, I I don't know. Did you do that when you were a baby? And Paige is like, I don't remember being a baby. Also... It would be, did my mom do that with me when she was pregnant? I mean, this is theoretically unprecedented, although later in the show we'll find out that there's an entire family of which white lighter hybrids that Paige has been arranged to marry. Okay, but I don't think the issue is that he's part white lighter. White, I mean. Yeah. I think the issue, even though they don't explicitly say it, I don't think ever, is that Wyatt is super powerful because he's the child of a charmed one, and so that's why he's doing all this stuff from the womb. Well, remember, he's also the destined king of England. Yes, that's true. That's absolutely true. Anyway, Piper is just in, like, pregnancy hormone anger. Everything hurts. She's got morning sickness. Her breasts hurt from being sore. And all this, everything smells terrible. Like the potions that Paige is brewing are making her nauseous. Leo's aftershave is making her nauseous. The baby's making it harder for her to use her powers because apparently he doesn't want to fight. Yeah, like she she talks about how all of her dreams are animated musicals now. And I'm like, oh, that's something to complain that about, Piper. Awesome. Yeah. Although she... I, I guess, okay, uh, the equivalent though, I feel like we need to understand her dreams are probably all like Coco Melon or Baby Shark. Oh, Yes. Yeah. Okay. Fair. And Leo is no help because he has so many charges that he's always running off to take care of his charges. And we have brought this up many times. His charges include the charmed ones. That should be a full-time job. Again, every time we, we say, every time we say this, I say this again, but you whiffed it on the Prue thing. You whiffed it on the Prue thing. Leo should have one focus and it should be these three. Although now that I am working... For, I'm, I'm not clinical, but I am working for a mental health agency and not in a clinical capacity, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am seeing how disastrously understaffed all of these services are. I guess it makes sense that the white lighters are super understaffed, which is why they are so excited to discover that Cole has saved this future white lighter from the fire not yet they're actually i was trying to tie it back and they actually don't know that yet but they do see they do see that cole has saved someone from the fire and leo tells well, well Pi- piper's complaining that leo's always working and the page is like oh really and she pulls the curtain aside to reveal leo watching tv <laughs> and leo's like there cole cole saved a lady cole saved a lady and page oh my god we are so clearly in the era of no second takes because Paige has i think one of the worst line reads ever where she's like oh my god i can't believe he's doing i want to be a good guy routine on prime time it's not prime time it's the middle of the day yes it's a it's not prime time it's the middle of the day and b you didn't want to do a second take a that is a very very awkwardly phrased line and b you didn't want c c you didn't want to do a second take on like it's such a bizarre line read. It really is. But Leo tells them that somehow the elders have communicated to him, even though I don't feel like there's time for this to have happened, but the elders communicated to him that 
this was a future white lighter and the elders want him to keep an eye on her since this was clearly a demon trying to get rid of her before she could become a white lighter. And Piper is not excited that there is yet another thing he's doing instead of taking care of her. Paige points out, she's like, doesn't that mean it's a dark lighter? And he's like, well, other things try to kill future white lighters other than dark lighters, which... Yeah. Also, this is not the typical MO for dark lighters. Now, you called out Rose McGowan's terrible line reading, so I do want to go back and give her credit for her amazing face acting. Because when he is having this conversation with Piper, she has exactly the look that she would have if your siblings were fighting... Or your sibling and their, their husband... Spouse. Their, their spouse. was fighting in the room while you, were ha- while you had to be in there overhearing it, and you're like, oh, no! And then when he orbs away, she's like, do you want me to go grab him and orb him back? Which... Good for you. Good, like, sister solidarity. Yeah, yeah. And Piper's like, look, let's just find out who the demon is, kill him early this week so maybe I can actually finish a goddamn conversation with my goddamn husband. (laughs) Meanwhile, at the newspaper, Elise, Phoebe's editor, in case you don't remember that, because we hardly ever say her name, Phoebe's had this job for less than a year. She should not have this attitude with her boss already because Elise knocks and she's like, not now, Elise. I don't have time for this. I'm dealing with my husband, ex-husband. Oh, oh, that's so funny because I didn't think she knew it was Elise. I thought she assumed it was Cole. Ah, okay. Still not great, but I didn't think she was saying that knowing it was her boss. But Elise wants her to go interview Cole because obviously she's the wife and he is a hero, so... She needs to go interview him, which is funny because this is also a plot on 30 Rock when Dennis Duffy saves that guy in the subway. Yeah, yeah, the subway hero episode. And Phoebe, not to give late season Phoebe any credit, but Phoebe's like, A, I'm not a reporter, and B, we're going through a divorce, so no. And Elise is like, hey, 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 shut up. I'm your boss. You have to do literally whatever I tell you, or I'm going to fire you. And Phoebe's like, well, I'm pretty sure the newspaper would explode without my, you know, advice column, but fine. So, several things here. Mm-hmm. Advice columns actually do kind of keep this kind of magazine afloat, so... Oh, no, no. She's not she, wrong. She's 100% correct there. Also, this is really a lifestyle piece. This is like a human interest piece, so it's okay that she's not an actual reporter. She's not actually going to go do any reporting. Yeah. And... I, I want to shout out Elise's amazing line here because Phoebe says to her, you know, I'm in the middle of a divorce from the love of my life. And that is a can of worms, a whole bucket of worms that it's taken me so long to close back up. I do not want to bring all this up. And Elise says, if you're still calling him the love of your life, that can of worms is still open. And I'm just like, yes, Elise, why aren't you the advice columnist? That was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing and incisive. I like how you can tell Phoebe's uh, at work because she's wearing her glasses. <laughs> like, that—that that is the thing that makes this work, Phoebe. Glasses, hair, and a bun. Well, they're actually in pigtails, but Ugh. close enough. You know, I don't, I don't mind adult women in pigtails. Whatever. If you want to do it, it's fine. Uh, I mean, yes, it's fine. You should do... It, it's not a style that particularly appeals to me, but you shouldn't, you shouldn't do your hair to appeal to me. I'm a voice on a podcast. <laughs> It is a little weird, the thing where, like, that was going around for a while where servers realized that they got more tips if they put their hair in pigtails. They were doing, like, studies of it. It just, speaking of 30 Rock, it just reminds me of uh, the... Sexy baby episode? Yeah, the, no, it's not an act. I'm a very sexy baby. With the mother? 
the woman who played Abby Grossman yeah, yeah, was Kristen yeah. Milotti, who is the mother on How I Met Your Mother. She's amazing. It is a shame she's not in more stuff. She's always fantastic. Okay, so I'm going to pitch this show that I don't think is available anywhere else that I really loved, starring Kristen Milotti and, um, uh, gosh, what's his real name? The main guy from Superstore. Oh, God, Jonah. Uh, Ben something. Whatever. It was the two of them. It was a romantic comedy TV series. It was called A to Z, and every episode was, like, a different phase of their relationship, like, with a thematic letter of the alphabet and it was so well written and it was canceled after like four episodes sigh oh well back to charmed back to charmed which got so many seasons oh so the siren is at the bar picking up another guy yeah she's like "Ooh, i bet your wife doesn't understand you okay 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 i know this couldn't possibly be true but I remembered the Siren song as not sucking. Oh, yeah, we said there's no song. I can't think I just blotted it out. No, it's a terrible, terrible song. It's, it's like it's atonal. Yeah, it's horribly atonal. And I remembered it being like, ooh, but it's not. It doesn't flow. Did you remember it being more like Ariel's beautiful song? Yeah, kind of, yeah. That, oh, oh, oh. Hell, just do scales. Like, oh, scales. Like, because it's. Except she's not a water type creature. <laughs> but like, she, yeah, she does. She sings her horrible little song, and he's like, "Oh man, I super want to touch your boobs." And then she sees. Then she sees on the news. Apparently, it's wall to wall coverage of Cole. She sees on the news that Cole saved the woman that she tried to burn alive, so she takes off because that that takes precedent. She's like, "You just, I know it doesn't seem like it, but you just got lucky." <laughs> so. We see Phoebe is immediately interviewing Cole, so I guess she called him right away. And she's like, so what were you thinking about when you saved the woman? He says, I was hoping that my demonic powers made me fireproof. And she's like, oh my god, Cole. By the way, they're doing this whole thing with the door to her office open. Nobody's listening. Nobody cares. I know, I know, but come on. And, And she's like, Cole, you have to take this seriously. And he's like, I really don't think I do. Like, and he's like, okay, okay, I was thinking about you and how everything I do, literally everything I do is to try to win you back because I love you and I'm trying to win you back. And she's like, will you be serious? He's like, I am. I have been very straightforward about this. Literally, what answer do you want from me, Phoebe? And Phoebe's like, you're evil, Cole, and everything you do is evil. When you put on your pants in the morning, that's evil putting on your pants. And when you eat cereal, that's evil cereal. Like, you have acid for blood, Cole. And when you saved that woman, that was an evil act because you used demon powers to do it. Literally, literally the line, a line in this speech is, do you know how disturbing it was for me to watch you walk through a wall of fire? I mean, I know everything he does is about you, Phoebe, but, like, that wasn't about you. I mean, it was, but she would be dead. I mean... It is. It is about Phoebe, though. He tells her, if I have to hunt down and kill every demon in San Francisco to win your love back, that's what I'm going to do. And, and then he starts to leave and she's like, what about the interview? And he's like, just make something up. Yeah, because what's the difference? Cole's either going to have to make something up or she's going to make it up. Also, you were rejecting all of his answers. Well, I mean, she can't put in the paper. I, I hoped my demonic powers <laughs> made me fireproof. Well, oh, she... like, it's a San Francisco all weekly. I guess maybe she could. Yep. Yeah. 
She could have put in, like, I was thinking about my wife. Well. I mean, I know she doesn't want to, but. I'm sure. What if, what kind of interview did Elise think she was going to get from, from Phoebe? Honestly? Honestly? I think this is exactly what Elise thought she was going to get. That she would get something really juicy because it would be like. I was thinking about you, Phoebe, the star reporter of the San Francisco Bay Mirror, and how much I love you and was hoping to win your affections. I mean, yeah, honestly, that that would be the thing to get readers. Yeah. Much like our podcasts, sometimes there's fun backstories if you pay very close attention to things. It's true. It's true. So we go back to the manor where a horrible, weird running thing starts what's wait what, what horrible weird running thing page and torture oh i thought you meant uh piper being a bitch to page i'm like that's not no, new yeah, that's not new at all it's been like a season at this point but yeah page has summoned a dark lighter and then imprisoned him so she could torture him and find out what's going on with the this woman like not every dark lighter knows each other page yeah and as was very firmly established this is not a dark lighter thing it wasn't like i'm not saying it's a bad idea to start with dark lighters when you're looking for someone who's trying to kill a future white lighter but like also also i this this might actually show up in my time freeze yeah but the idea that torture is a good way to get information is deeply flawed. I mean, this is the era of 24, right? Yeah. Where it was like, no, torture's okay because otherwise the nukes are going to go off and it's the only way to get the nuke codes. Yeah. Just, yeah. Like, torture being something protagonists are cool with doing was a thing in this time period. It was very post 9 11 y. And. It's like oh yeah, this is like right on. This is like right when we're having that debate as a country. Yeah. yeah. So. Wow, I didn't realize how how relevant this was. But also, Paige, you're a witch. There are spells in the Book of Shadows to compel the truth from someone's lips. Like, if you want to get information, there are better ways than torture, and it becomes Paige's thing. For the rest of the show, that torture is her thing, which is so fucked up. Like, the, I, 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 I don't want to reference other people talking about Charmed, but her nickname on, uh, her nickname on television without pity was Rage, because oh, of how funny. immediately she defaults to this as a solution to any problem. Yes, so. I don't disagree with you at all, but I'm so distracted right now thinking about doing an edit of Charmed to the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend song, Friendtopia, so. <laughs> so. Keep an eye out for that, people who follow Tina on TikTok. <laughs> so, yes. This would be a hot time to drop your TikTok name, or what have you. I don't know how TikTok works. Oh, yeah, I mean, the algorithm should bring them to me, but it's, it's, yeah, it should, but it's, it's may win the lacerator so that's a that's a name that was given to me by uh the ham kittens and it's uh uh it's a what do you call it of my name you know where you mix up the letters oh um anagram 
Yeah, it's an anagram of my name. So I used it on like ham kitten specific stuff. Uh, and then I made it my TikTok name. But I think you can also find my TikTok under my real name, which I won't say on the air right now. <laughs> so Piper comes up to the attic and she's upset that Paige summoned a demon, not the torture thing, which, you know, fine. I, I don't expect Piper to be mad about anyone torturing anyone else. But uh, Piper, look at her relationship with Leo. Uh, uh, uh. Thank you for that. Uh, Piper is really overreacting in general, but she does make the very good point that Paige has summoned the one thing that can kill her husband and her baby. Also Paige. Also Paige. But I don't think she's as worried about that. Yes. And Paige is like, it's perfectly fine. I've got him contained. And she's distracted in this conversation with Piper, which causes him to have the opportunity to break out of the containment. Okay, so you can break one of those containment crystal things by just nudging one of the crystals with your foot? Because that doesn't seem like a very good... Yeah, that doesn't seem secure. But he he bamps his Dark Lighter crossbolt thing into his hands. Piper gets the... Piper, blow him up! She attempts to blow him up, but just little flowers float around him. Yeah, flowers and fireworks. Paige orbs his crossbow away from him and uses that to kill him. Which I shouldn't think a dark lighter's bow should kill a dark lighter. Right? Like, thing... Isn't there like blood made out of the venom or whatever? Also, he doesn't do the thing where you get sicker and sicker and die, which is what happens when white lighters get stuck with dark lighter bolts. Yeah, he just like actually explodes. Into dorbs. Yeah. I like to think that he just dorbed away very dramatically so they would leave him alone and not torture him again. Mm-hmm. But uh, Paige is like... Thanks, Piper. Now I have to summon a new dark lighter. And Piper's like, my powers aren't working. That's the more dramatic thing here. Right? That is very dramatic. She calls for Leo's help. And instead of orbing in, Leo calls her from the phone at the hospital where he's waiting for the blonde woman to wake up. Actually, he's waiting for her to be alone for a second so that he can go heal her. But yeah. She's like, are you kidding me right now? (laughs) And he has his opportunity. So he hangs up on his wife. Goes into the hospital room and then the siren appears again. We zoom in on Leo's hand so that we see from the point of view of the siren that he wears a wedding ring. Uh, I'm pointing out, Leo, you're not technically speaking married. You're hand-fasted. I mean, he's married in the eyes of God. And as an angel, I think that's all he cares about. Yeah, it's just a thing that comes up later after Piper and Leo get divorced where Piper's dating Fireman Greg. And uh, he's like, so you're divorced? And she's like, well, technically I was never married, but which is weird because Phoebe got legally married to Cole, apparently. She did. Um, Okay, so weirdly talking about being Catholic again. Okay. So... When I was doing my semester abroad in Rome, uh-huh. we talked about, I, I did a semester t- studying canon law, Catholic law. Did you get to see the totem that they keep in the basement of the uh, Vatican that powers all of the uh, anti-vampire stuff? Yes. No, I made that up. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a good plot hook. Yeah, right? Um. But you said that, like, it's a thing they would know because it's a thing that they, like, reference in Buffy or something. But no, I made that up. I, I made up in my Buffy role-play... When I ran a Buffy role-playing game, I made up that the reason crosses work and other and it's not based on faith is because there's a totem in the Vatican uh, crypts that empowers all crosses to fight vampires. No. I also did, holy water. Yes. I did see uh, I did see the body of JP2, though. Oh. Yeah. 
But we talked, because when I was, speaking of time freeze, during the semester, that was when gay marriage was a big topic in uh, in America. Obviously, mm-hmm. this is Italy, but this is a big topic in America. Actually, it wasn't Italy. It was Vatican City, which is its own country. Anyway, <laughs> not to all these, like, parenthetical asides. Uh, I really appreciated the uh, the priest who was asked about it said, like, it's not my business. Like, the Catholic sacrament of matrimony is totally separate, as far as he was concerned, from the legal concept of marriage. Marriage is a thing that you do with the state that confers earthly rights upon, you know, between spouses. Mm-hmm. Matrimony is a religious ceremony that, like, ties your souls, right? Uh, and also, this particular priest, he was amazing. He, he also was in favor of you know, gay matrimony as well. And he, there's a, there's a whole thing in the Catholic church where he, um, where there's, they're having trouble recruiting younger priests. And he like came out and told us that he, he believes that this is like, he said it's God. Although I feel like it's more like natural consequences, but Mm. he, he said he feels like this is, this is God's response to the terribly bigoted way the Catholic church has been behaving. Well, I did not read, but I, there's an article that's been going around about how gays are killing the church. And it's like, no, it's the fact that, you know, the church's policies have been driving people away. Yeah. And, and he, he, he called out not just the church's stance on homosexuality, but also the church's stance on women. And also you saw that thing about that church that got disenchurched because they had like female preachers or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I, there, I, I want to go into canon law so much right now, but that is way too much of a diversion when all I wanted to say was, Hand fasting is separate from the legal act of, uh, of marriage, right? So they are hand fasted. That's good enough, especially since there are no legal rights to confer upon Leo because he's not actually a human. He doesn't, he, we don't need to worry about a state law with Leo. Okay, they did have to worry about that with Cole, sort of, but like, I think it's interesting that Phoebe felt the need to be legally married to Cole because they got married in the dark way or whatever, but like they set up an actual legal wedding. Well, remember at the time that Cole and Phoebe got married, she believed he was human. I mean, yes. So all of that stuff would matter. Like it doesn't matter to Leo. Leo doesn't need to be able to go to Piper's side. If she's in the hospital, he'll just orb there. Like, yeah. Uh, so when she and Leo split, um, we should pay attention to, like, are they still hand-fasted? Are they legally married? Like, those are separate things. It makes sense that she's able to have sex with Fireman Dan. Greg? Greg. Whatever. neighbor Dan and Fireman Greg. Uh, speaking of Piper and Leo's soul bond. We went off on such a tangent there. But we got back where we needed to be. Yeah. Any, anyway, the siren is seducing Leo now, and Piper feels it and is drawn to it because that's how the siren operates. Yeah, the siren sings her horrible little song and then goes rat hole to rat hole with Leo. Did enough people see Future Man to understand that going rat hole to rat hole is kissing? Because I've been using that as shorthand for kissing a lot, and I feel like not enough people saw Future Man to get that. Uh, no, I don't think so. So Piper and Paige appear in... What's your buckets hospital room? Yeah. Get your white lighter lady. Paige orbs them in there. And uh, Piper, upon seeing this woman going rat hole to rat hole with her husband, tries to blow her up, but instead just shoots a bunch of flowers in her face, which 
distracts the siren long enough for Leo to snap out of it and orb victim lady out of there. Back to the manor, presumably. The the siren does one of her signature power shoves on Piper, power shoving her out the window. I kind of like this because we see... We see Piper falling out the window, and we see Paige's orb effect. She, like, orbs and just essentially orbs her from midair to the ground so that she doesn't hit with full force, but not not the ground. Paige doesn't go directly after her, though. Paige takes the time to stab the siren with an IV stand and then goes after Piper. Well, she had the IV stand in her hand already. She had Priorities, Paige. I mean, I guess Piper's invincible, but I wouldn't want to put that to the test or self-healing. We don't know invincible yet. Yeah, no, you're right. That would be a pretty big test. Yeah. But yeah, Paige safely orbs Piper into a dumpster. So she could have orbed her anywhere. She could have orbed her straight back to the manor. No, but she had the they needed the trash to break her fall. I feel like this was just Paige being passive aggressive because of how much of a bitch Piper was being earlier. So Paige takes Piper back to the manor where Leo has future white lighter lady. And uh, Leo's like, how'd it go? And Piper's like, not great. I got shoved out a window. And Leo's like, oh, did the baby heal you? And she's like, hey, just because I have a baby that heals me now doesn't mean I don't need you when I call for you. And Paige is like, I feel like I don't need to be in the room for this conversation. And then they start yelling at each other. She's yelling about how much it sucks to be pregnant and how much work she has. And he yells about all the stuff that he has to do and he doesn't have time to deal with her. And Paige, poor Paige, is like, hey, um, I found the demon. Can we talk about that instead of your fight? I love how she ran upstairs and immediately found the demon. I bet she was hoping it would take longer so that they wouldn't, you know, still be fighting by the time she... But, uh... This is where we get the demon's backstory. She was... She was a woman, she seduced a married man, He, she was burned to death by the man's wife and I guess the other village women, so now she takes out her anger on married men and their wives. Cool backstory, bro. And Piper and Leo are like, shut up, Paige, we don't care about that, we're having an argument. Being a white lighter is super hard, Piper, and being pregnant's probably really easy. I wish I could, I wish you could switch places with me for just one day! Yes. And as I said at the time when we were watching this episode, it is too late in the episode to introduce a plot like this! Yeah, like, I know we've been talking for an hour at this point. It's halfway through the episode. Like, it is way too late to introduce this plot. But yeah, Piper and Leo, the baby switches their powers so they can blah, 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 walk a mile in each other's shoes, blah, blah, blah. Okay, I do like that throughout this episode, Paige blah blahs it for you. Paige is like, okay, guys, stop trying to f- find a solution. Obviously, you just need to learn your lesson and then the powers will switch back. You, you can't you can't get around to just do it. Yeah, the woman wakes up and Piper tries to freeze her, but she just orbs in place. And then Leo tries to f- freeze her and... Leo tries to orb her back, I assume. Because he is, doesn't... Is that something he can do? I have no idea, but he doesn't realize yet that he has Piper's powers because when he does that... He causes a little explosion, and Piper's like, hey, you have my power! You got chocolate and my peanut butter. The woman runs screaming out of the manor, and Phoebe just watches it happen. She does not try to stop her at all. And then she just walks through the door like, ugh, looks like it's gonna be one of those days! Shut up, Phoebe. No one cares about your dumb coal... Oh, I guess everyone... No. You know what? No, I'm sticking with no one cares about your dumb coal bullshit. 
The siren, meanwhile, has visited a demonic healer to be healed. I should have checked. I feel like it's the same it guy is. from earlier. I looked it up. It is. He's only in those two episodes, though. He's in the the first time we saw him in this, and that's it. Weird. He he's a he's a demon doctor. I I think this guy should have been a reoccurring character. He's cool. He and I don't believe he's killed in this episode. So yeah, it would have made sense too because he serves a a good plot function here which is to kind of get the exposition of this demon the demon realizes that leo's wife was a charmed one and she's like oh now i'm gonna destroy all the charmed ones it's gonna be awesome and he's like no that's a terrible idea they that's a bad idea but now we kind of get a little bit of exposition where she realizes that she has accidentally stumbled upon the charmed ones but she's gonna take her shot and destroy them yeah she's I'm going to turn their men against them, and then there's no way that there's no way the charmed ones will be able to fight off their men. They love them too much. <laughs> she really doesn't know the charmed ones at all, does she? The guy points out, you like he doesn't say it verbatim, but like this lady doesn't even need a power of three spell, right? Like if Piper wasn't having dumb baby bullshit, this episode would be over right now. Also, what is your plan with? Paige. Yeah, Paige doesn't have a boyfriend. Also, what's your plan with Leo? Like What do you mean she could she we we saw she was she was starting to seduce Leo. Yeah, but White she, lighters aren't immune. They really should be, but they're not. Yeah, but it's weird that her thing is about turning the charmed one's husbands against them cuz she doesn't know that she can mind control them if they don't die. I think she does. Or does she think that her weird thing where, like, the women are overcome with grief when they see their dead husbands and therefore don't leave the burning room? I, no, I think she, no, I don't know. I don't know what she thinks. Also, I don't think Leo would have died, but, like, I, I don't know. I feel like her, her gimmick is too, I was gonna say complicated, convoluted, and, like, I think it's the opposite. It's poorly thought out. Uh, again, uh, she kills men with her, like, fire kiss, and then she sets the room on fire, and then she knocks she knocks out the women and puts them next to the men. Yeah. Uh, okay, but what? why? So that the women burned to death the way she burned to death. Uh, yeah, but, like, why not just set them on, like, I, 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 it seems weird that she has this whole thing that she has to do. You could just knock them out and set them both on fire. Or you could just set them on fire. If you can cause things to burst into flames, why do the other stuff? Well, she can cause the men to burn from inside. Yeah, why not kiss the women too? Oh, oh. No, it, not, it, not, not. That's a, a bridge too far. Uh, anyway, back at the manor, Piper and Leo are... Finding out how annoying it is to deal with the things the others deal with. Leo has all of Piper's pregnancy symptoms, and Piper can hear all of his charges screaming at him in her head. And then Cole shows up, and I really, I, I'm so kind of team Cole, because he knocks on the door because they yelled at him about not knocking. But he, he, he doesn't knock on the door, he projects knocking into their minds. <laughs> and then he orbs in. And he orbs in, too. It's not the shimmer. He, he comes in with an orb. Because I guess he ate a demon who orbs. Well, it's not orbing exactly. He he, tele he doesn't shimmer, but it's a different, lighter teleport. Yeah. Like, it's not specifically the, like, blue orbing thing, but it, it is a look-at-me-I'm-a-good-guy teleport. 
and everyone yells at Cole. He's like, <laughs> he finds this is where he finds out that Piper's pregnant. And he's like, nobody told me Piper was pregnant. And they're like, shut up, Cole. And he's like, I'm here to help. If you need my help, and they're like, they're like, go away, Cole. We don't need your help. We can handle this situation. So, Piper has zoomed in on a charge that needs protecting. So Leo's gonna go take off, but Evie's like, no, no, it's gotta be, it's gotta be Piper. She has your power now. She points out, like Paige said earlier, look, we've all been through this before. The only way that you know we'll get through this is if you learn your lesson. So don't fight it. Just try to do each other's roles, understand each other, blah blah blah. Piper's not completely comfortable orbing yet, so. Paige orbs her to where she senses the white lighter, the future white lighter. Who or is... witch, possibly. No, no, they say she's a future white lighter. Oh, sorry. Duh, I'm sorry. I was confusing it with the thing later in the episode where she helps that French lady with the chicken thing. Right, right. So she orbs to the where the future white lighter is, and she's just standing in her burned out apartment being like, oh no, it's so bad. And she runs off because she's freaked out by everything that's happened. Don't blame her. And Piper's like, hey, Paige, you're going to be a future white lighter. Another one of my charges is calling me, so you handle this. And Paige is like, how is this suddenly my plot? Like, wasn't she, I guess she wasn't Leo's charge, but like. Well, the elder, she's she's at least temporarily in Leo's care. The elders put him in charge. So again, this should be something Piper is dealing with, but Piper foisted off on Paige because as a half white lighter she will have to do white lighter stuff in the future which i know we've talked about this before but how bullshit is it that Paige has to have charges also you don't get to choose whether or not you're going to be a white lighter nope apparently not so but the reason piper sends Paige off is because she's getting a call from another one of leo's charges so she orbs over to a woman who is in trouble and is speaking French, which apparently Piper can now speak because that's how it works. And we knew that was how it works from a previous episode. But... Yeah, the one with Natalie that established that white lighters speak whatever language their charges speak. This has been an established thing before. But she orbs back after helping the French lady with the chicken and she's like, Leo, why the fuck didn't you tell me you could speak French? And he's like, I did. Also, why are you angry about that? <laughs> right? Well, this has been going on. Leo's been just complaining about all the pregnancy symptoms and trying to master Piper's powers and just blowing shit up. And he's like, oh, you don't understand how vulnerable I feel. I'm totally experiencing all these pregnancy symptoms and I don't have my powers working right. And, yeah. yeah. And he's he's trying to write a uh, vanquishing spell for the siren, which they do not end up using. Right? He's like, wait, I have to rhyme now? It's, dude, you don't. Have you, see, have, you seen, have you seen the spells they write? It's fine. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, Phoebe's critiquing him because he uses this spell, we hearken, like, he, he uses the phrase, we hearken you, and she's like, we hearken you, and I'm like, okay, do you want us to dig up the receipts on some of your spells, Phoebe? Also, you don't have to rhyme because Paige just did haikus. Yeah. You he- could theoretically do blank verse. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. The point is, they don't even use the vanquishing spell. It mega doesn't matter. The point is, they learn each other's pain, or they, they're in the process of learning each other's pain, and he wants Piper to help him out, but she can't because she's getting calls for more charges. So Cole goes to murder the shit out of the siren, but she does her little song thing and uh, seduces him. 
who he finds, by the way, by going to the healer. Like, Cole immediately knew what would happen. But no, he's totally under her sway now. He's under her spell. Yes, that, that's what's happening. I think that part of, you know what? Just little Monday morning quarterbacking. Go I, ahead. I think that her thing would have worked better if it was that she used her siren song to get men to kill their wives. Yeah. Like, I feel like that would have worked better. Yeah, that would have made a lot more sense. And then the fact that, yeah, that's... And then there could have been, like, a whole thing where after Cole saves Melissa, who's the future white lighter, you're like, wait, why was this guy trying to kill her? And then, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. That's not what they did. Yeah. And in fact, they lost the future white lighter. Paige shows up and is like, hey, sorry, I totally, totally lost her. I totally whiffed it. And Phoebe's like, well, unwhiff it. This is where they get in on Paige about how this is good practice for her when she has charges of her own. And she's like, but I'm a witch. I just want to be a witch. And they're like, fuck you, Paige. She she whipped it by the, the woman went running. She ran into the street. She caused a car accident. The police arrested her. And she's like, so it's fine. She's she, We know where she is. She's in a cell. She's safely in jail. And Leo correctly says, well, now that she's been involved with the system, it's going to be a whole downward spiral for her. Uh, like, she's going to lose her future white lighterness if she's if she has to go through the system. And then he starts crying, and he's like, I don't know why I'm so emotional. And Phoebe's like, hormones. Now you truly know what it is to be a woman. Which, oh, oh, fuck you. Yeah. Barf. Yeah. Man, I would have been really interested in following a dark lighter who didn't kill future white lighters he just corrupted them you mean like uh in the episode with uh, the sister from that 70s show where they established there's a sect of dark lighters who just seduce women to evil so that they won't become yeah i i don't know why i specified women i guess it's because we never see a female white lighter and gay people aren't allowed to exist in the universe of charmed you mean a female dark lighter uh, yeah female dark lighter yes but like yeah Honestly, I like it when they have demons that don't just kill people. When there are demons that get their power from doing X. Mm-hmm. I mean, we make a lot of fun of the Grimlocks, but the whole thing, and also the Grimlocks do kill people, but the whole stealing the eyesight of children thing is way freakier than just killing people. Yeah. Okay. So... Oh, I just want to be clear. It's not because it, it's not that it's way freakier because, oh, no, they're blind now. It's that it's way freakier because it's like a really creepy metaphor for like silencing somebody that you've abused. Yeah. OK, so. Paige. Oh, my God. I just I'm sorry. I just Paige wants to solve the problem of the future white lighter by just casting a spell on her. Okay, they're like, you're so obsessed with being a witch, you have to remember that you're a white lighter, too. And she's like, no, I'm a witch, just deal with it. And I don't think there's a problem with me being a witch. And Leo says, the problem is that you left this charge just in jail and alone and scared. And then Piper says, Piper says, the thing that makes us different from the bad guys is our compassion. <laughs> Oh, oh my, oh my. Can we just, like, 
Like, I just want to put that on an index card and just pull it out repeatedly for the rest of this show. If we did clips like we did for our Once Upon a Time podcast, this would get so much play. Yeah. We would pull it out every time. Like, when they when they shapeshift the... Uh, when they shapeshift that guy to look like uh, Chris, and then he gets killed by the spider demons so that they don't have to deal with the spider demons hunting Chris anymore. Or when they kill Daryl because they need the, the, they need the soul of, like, a warrior. To enter Valhalla. Or literally anything with Billy. <laughs> or earlier in this season where Piper's like, can't we just chuck that mermaid back in the ocean? <laughs> But I guess Paige takes this to heart and decides that she's got to go back and help Melissa. So she does. She orbs back to the jail. And then Leo's like, that was a really good, inspiring speech, Piper. Maybe you are a white lighter now. Great. Now she has another job to do after she dies. (laughs) So does, I mean, I know because Paige, but... I would think that being a witch would disqualify you from being a white lighter in the afterlife. Ugh, who even knows? They did it in one of the Buffy novels, and I'm legitimately surprised they never used it as a concept in the show, where there there was a villain who was a slayer who got turned. Oh, I'm, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I was like, legitimately, how is that never a thing in the show? Like, that would have been such a great big bad concept. Well, it's weird that they did it in a novel. I I know that I don't think the Buffy novels were canon. No. But I would think that you would just say that a Slayer can't be vamped. Yeah. Although, I don't think that the Slayer novels are canon. Mm -hmm. But they do have their own internal continuity. Right. Because that that gets referenced in other Buffyverse books. That's cool. Yeah, it's... I, I'm thinking about in World of Darkness, the Vampire the Masquerade and all of those things. Yeah. All of the books have like a little chart that's like in the Vampire the Masquerade book. It's like, okay, here's what happens if you try to vamp various other magical races. Just so you know. <laughs> here's what happens if you try to vamp a werewolf or a, a changeling or a zombie. And then like, here's what happens if you try to, to werewolf eyes. A vampire, a change later, you know, all the rules. So Paige orbs into What's Your Bucket cell, and she's like, I'm sad because my husband died. And Paige is like, don't be sad. And the woman's like, okay. I mean, she shows her compassion. She's like, hey, I feel your pain. Hey, sucks for you. We're supposed to see that, like, this is her embracing her white lighterness, but this is, like, exactly what she did as a social worker. I know they kind of make that point, but... Yeah, yeah, Piper's like, you became a social worker because of your inborn white lighter leanings? Yeah. Okay. So... Phoebe has gone, has disappeared, and they need to find her. The reason she disappeared is because she was summoned to where Cole is. That's how the siren works. And Piper's trying to locate her, and Leo's, like, trying to instruct her on how to locate her. You know what this really made me think of? What? When Pilot's explaining to Aaron how he does the multitasking, uh-huh. he's like, in, in Farscape, our other podcast, he's like, you know, picture each picture each task is like a jewel, and you're going to thread them all on a thread. And I, I don't know. It was so cool there. And here, Leo's like, just concentrate! God, Piper, why can't you just concentrate? 
So, I get that Piper needs to use her inborn white lighter powers or whatever, which Leo should not be throwing shade at anyone. You couldn't sense Phoebe when she was shrunk by that guy. <laughs> That's true. I totally forgot about that. Like, there are all of these situations where you can't sense your... But if Piper is having trouble with this, just scry. Oh, yeah, it's like she forgot she's a witch just because she has some white lighter powers. Although, I guess Leo would be the one scrying. Although, can white lighters scry? I feel like we've seen white lighters scry. Uh, I don't think we ever have. I don't think white lighters can scry. I mean, we saw that woman who was hunting Cole because Cole killed her fiancé scry, and she wasn't even a witch. So. Well, yeah. Which, why not? It would have made it so it would have streamlined. <laughs> Piper decides that she's just going to go to Cole's apartment because that's probably where Phoebe is. And she orbs in there. And Leo's like, you can't just orb all over the place looking for her. You have to focus and figure out where she is. Yeah, just clear your mind and the rest will follow. Yep. Yep. So the siren is making out with a shirtless Cole. and It's funny. She didn't take that other guy's shirt off before she made out with him. Yep. I guess, I guess, I guess Julian, uh, uh, McMahon. McMahon has a thing in his contract that he's got to take his shirt off. Yep, she's uh, she's rubbing his hairy, meaty man chest, and she's like, all right, time to burn for your love, because Phoebe enters the room, and she's like, yes, watch your love die, and Phoebe's like, okay. But Phoebe is also mind-controlled here. Yeah. <laughs> I want to point out Piper was it. <laughs> Piper just tried to blow her up immediately when they orbed into the room. Oh, that's true. Huh. Why was she immune to it when we, we saw we saw that the future white letter wasn't immune to it? Phoebe's not immune to it. Does this say something about Piper's feelings for Cole? Phoebe's feelings for Cole or Piper's feelings for Leo? I meant Piper's feelings for Leo. Yeah. Oh. Does this say something about Piper's feelings for Leo? Like, are they lesser? So the siren completes her death kiss and then she does the power shove thing on Phoebe and Phoebe just like stands back up and throws a vanquishing potion at her which when did they when did they make that they were making it when leo was practicing his explody powers back okay. at the manor but they were also writing a vanquishing spell or that's why leo had to write the vanquishing spell because because phoebe was making the potion it does seem like they shouldn't need both you, yeah you need one actually it turns out you need neither but because <laughs> cole uses his powers to stop the uh vanquishing potion from vanquishing the siren he explodes it before it reaches her yeah and uh phoebe's like cole what are you doing and he's like i want to take care of her myself and phoebe says make it hurt which jesus christ phoebe right but then instead he just starts making out with her again yeah because it turns out that you know if you don't die from the fire kiss then you're just under the control of the siren which... well you were he was already under her control so so she could have had them do other stuff than just kiss her and die, but she chose not to. Well, that's not her deal. Her deal is she wants to kill them. I, I'm i confused that she didn't know that Cole was a demon. She's so surprised that he's not dead. You saw him she walk did, through the fire. She did zero research. Also, he was very recently the source of all evil. You would think at the very <laughs> least the demon healer would have warned her that Cole was... Although, don't they think he's dead? What, wait, what do they think is... What? This is not one of those episodes that works better when we talk about it. Don't the demons think that Cole is dead and in the wasteland? No, they... Oh, do they know he's back now? What do they think is going on with Cole? I mean, he's been on a 
demon killing spree. I was, I was like, word would probably spread, but I guess it wouldn't. Right, because he kills them all. Anyway, now he's gonna, now he's gonna kill Phoebe because he's being mind controlled and he's choking her because that will give time for Piper to figure out where they are and orb them there, as opposed to him just using his exploding power, which he could also do. <laughs> yes. Maybe she's pissed at the whole make it hurt thing. Yeah. The, the siren's like, really? Really? But uh, Piper successfully uses her, I guess, Leo's powers to orb her and Leo, you know, there. And she she's trying to pry Cole off Phoebe. And Leo's trying to explode the siren, but he keeps missing. And for some reason, she doesn't whip out her song again. Nope. But he does eventually get it. He eventually gets her exploded. Maybe she can only control one person at a time, so she can't control Leo while Cole is under her spell. Uh, yeah, probably. But, like, did not need the vanquishing potion, did not need the spell. Leo just blew her up. Again, if Piper's powers weren't on the fritz. Yeah, if, if Wyatt wasn't being a pain in the ass, then she would have, uh, this episode would have been over so fast. Yeah. So, uh, Cole snaps out of it immediately after the siren kerplodes, and he's like, whoops, my bad, and teleports out, and Phoebe's dead or dying or whatever, and Leo's like, Piper, you have to use my powers, you have to focus on using my powers, and, and Piper's like, yeah, I've used your powers before. This isn't the first time we've switched powers. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I used it. I used them to save you from dark lighter venom. That's that's when I found out you were a white lighter. Remember? But she does heal Phoebe. And oof, <sighs> choking him attacking her with choking. That's such a, like a visceral thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's. We talked a lot in our Once Upon a Time podcast about the difference between fantasy violence and real world violence mm -hmm. and how, for example, Regina throwing a fireball at at whoever was, you know, less of a visceral, it hits a different part of your brain than, for example, Emma trying to strangle her at the end of season one. Mm -hmm. Like... It feels different when someone's just throwing CGI at someone else as opposed to, you know, strangling them. Mm -hmm. Well, strangling is such an intimate form of violence. It's, uh, yeah. And also, it's incredibly uh, dangerous slash effective. Like, Phoebe was briefly unconscious. If there wasn't magical healing, and also if this wasn't television, there's serious damage that was done to her. Yes. So we go back to the manor, everyone's decompressing, Piper and Leo high-five and their powers switch back, and uh, Piper has her explosion power back. Like, yeah, Wyatt has decided that it turns out violence is good, actually. Yes. Thank you for teaching me to kill. A lot of, lot of Farscape references, this. Uh... Yes. So, yeah, that's resolved. At phoebe's office she's sorting through her mail which i guess makes sense a lot of her job has to be sorting through mail yes and cole shows up he's like hey uh so it turns out my powers are kind of scary so i am coming through the door instead of shimmering over here phoebe says thanks for the bouquet i bet they don't get a lot of sorry i strangled you notes at the florist it's like again talking about reality violence like Ugh. 
but okay the thing is the little speech phoebe gives cole she kind of has a point but also it's really weird like because because she's like cole you became the bigger threat when you didn't die a normal man would have died after the siren kissed him and therefore not been a threat to me phoebe hollowell the important person here now i said at the beginning that she had a point about anybody she's close to is going to get possessed and he is very powerful so it might make sense for her to say for my safety i can't be around you because anyone i'm involved with is inevitably going to get possessed yeah but now that we've gone through it i'm realizing he wasn't using magic on her he was just a physically more powerful being than her like he was literally just strangling her yeah like if the siren didn't have the dumb kiss burn you to death thing like dex could have been the one strangling her to pull a future love interest like the only reason cole was a threat was because he didn't die when guys normally died in the siren's weird overcomplicated murder process so it feels strange for her to be like you put me in danger by not dying yeah that's weird so yeah that was I didn't care for this episode, but God talking about it made it that much worse. Yeah, I mean, it's an episode that had a lot of... Yeah, it's 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 not an episode where we're watching it um, improved the themes of the episode. We're doing a close read on it. Yes. Because, like... I came out of the mermaid episodes being like, you know what? That was actually way better constructed than I remembered them being. Although, honestly, I enjoyed doing a close read on this more than I enjoyed just watching it. Because the problems with this episode reflect a lot of the bigger issues with later Charmed. And so it was kind of fun to delve into exploring that, right? Like, I don't like how weird the morality is on this show. But it's interesting. And this episode really highlights that. Yes. So, much like the Charmed Ones, we have our own power of three. The first power in our pack is Premonition, who in this episode is, was, or will become famous in the future. Okay, I know that it wasn't, but God, they tried to make the woman who played the siren look like Elizabeth Hurley. So, I don't think it was so much that they tried to make her look like Elizabeth Hurley, as much as it is that was the style at the time. Hmm. And you didn't know it because I guess you're not exposed to uh, this particular part of pop culture, but that was Melinda Clark, and she was the main antagonist on the OC. Oh, okay. She did have guest star vibes to her. Well, like... Is this before she was the main antagonist on the OC? Or was this some synergy going on? This is right before that. Uh. So I think maybe they saw this and they were like, ah, yes. And and when I say main antagonist, like main character antagonist, like she was a she was a front credit character on the OC. Wow. Yeah, she played Julie Cooper on the OC. And she was also, I don't want to say antagonist, but she, she worked for the shadowy government organization in Nikita. So uh, a show I have lots of feelings about. And again, that was after this. So I guess she just did the 
evil vibe well. And I will say she's famous enough that she played herself on an episode of Entourage. Uh, I don't know if that's like... Yeah. 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 All right. I think that'll bring us to the second power in her pack, Time Freeze. Uh, as, as we talked about at length earlier, I think the casualness of torture... In fact, torture being used as a method of getting information. I know it was in stuff before this, but I feel like this was really when it was, and I feel weird phrasing it thusly, but in vogue. Mm, yeah. Also, I'm going to stick with her aesthetic being very 2001's bedazzled. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm like I said, it was the style at the time. Yeah. What's funny is, um, so mine isn't a time freeze for 2001 when this show came out. Uh-huh. It feels like a very old sitcom plot to be like, husband finds out how hard it is to be pregnant. Yeah, I thought, Leo, weren't most of your charges women? Like, I don't want to gender essentialize witchcraft, even though I feel like that was kind of a thing early in the show and in in general. Uh-huh. But, like, like are, are you, have you never had to deal with a pregnant person before? Like, also, like... You, you can't have basic empathy for your wife going through physical changes that you don't personally relate to. Also, he was a doctor. Yeah. But I guess he was a doctor during one of those one of those long ago eras when women's uh, complaints were dismissed. Mm. Thank mm. God we're not there anymore. That's depressing. Yeah. What's your third power? The third power in our pack... Uh, Telekinesis. What, if anything, genuinely moved you? Nothing. Nothing. This was a real, as I've said multiple times, this was a clunker of an episode. Well, it did move me at the time, but talking about it, the very realistic violence of Cole strangling Phoebe kind of hit me. That, yeah. You know what? That was an effective scene. Yeah. So I think that does it for this week. Yeah, I think that'll about do it. I believe next week we're going to cycle back to So Bad It's Good, because next time is the episode Witches in Tights, and the episode description on Peacock is, a boy whose drawings come to life turns the charmed ones into superheroes. All right. This, I remember, this was when I was watching Charmed as the episodes were coming out. Like, I have memories of watching, you know, sitting down on Sunday waiting to watch this. Yes. I was not, I, I, the show was already over when I started watching it, so I did not have that experience. Ah. So I think that does it for this week. Yes, I think that will about do it. Our show is partially listener supported. If you want to be one of the supporters, you should head over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net, and click on our Patreon link. Our current $5 and above patrons are Beryl, Patricia, Rosa, Ryan, Maracruz, Benjamin, Kate, Jen, Dan, and Anthony. If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show. If you want to talk about this episode, or any episode, or any episode of any television show, you can tweet at us at ilovetvzines, or email us at ilovetelevisionzines at gmail.com. So until next time, I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And this has been Welcome to the Hollowell Manor.